Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. Well, the countdown to turkey season is over. In Alabama, we are presently five days into turkey season, and Black Death, which I have named my turkey gun, has yet to wreak havoc on a turkey. Her time will come. I've got a friend or two that have killed a turkey here and there. They're fairly hinned up, not really acting right just yet, but it will happen. They'll get good here before too long. I'm just excited about being in the woods and getting to hang out with some turkeys, both the feathered kind and and my buddies as well. All right. I heard this week from a gentleman by the name of Matt Goodlife, and Matt reached out to me to tell me how much he's enjoying the show. What is interesting about Matt is he lives across the pond. I'm not talking about old man Kelsey's pond. I'm talking about the Atlantic. Matt lives in the UK, and he hunts over there, and he listens to podcasts that are based out of here in the U.S., And Matt is good friends with Mike Adams, who is the host of the Up North Journal podcast. And Matt has actually been on Mike's show. So it's episode 299 of the Up North Journal podcast, if you'd like to check that out and hear someone with a British accent talk about hunting. Pretty interesting. So I think you'll enjoy that if you give it a listen. And Matt, thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your kind words about the show as well. And if you ever get the nerve to come to Alabama and hang out with some rednecks like me and go turkey hunting, you've got an open invitation. You just say the word, and we'll make it happen. All right, so you're listening to Episode 26, Part 2, Introducing Kids to Turkey Hunting with Southern Boys Outdoors. And in this part of the episode... Kenyon Bankston and Leon Stilley are going to tell us what style of hunting is best to introduce kids to, what style of hunting they think keeps kids most interested in turkey hunting, some things that we can do to keep kids interested in hunting while we're actually out in the field, how we can tell our kids about the dangers that lie ahead in the turkey woods without scaring them to death, and what gun we should start a kid with. And now Leon gives a great tip towards the end of this part of the episode about how not to get a kid gun shy when shooting his shotgun or her shotgun. So this is a great tip that I hope you guys enjoy and get a good bit of use out of. All right, I've got two things left before we jump into this part of the episode. Number one, I would love for you guys to take two minutes of your time and fill out a survey about the show. 
you know, I do this show and I hear from some of you guys with very kind comments about how much you're enjoying the show and things like that. And I really do appreciate that. That is very helpful for me. But I'd like for you to fill out a survey just so I can get to know a little bit more about you, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. My goal is to make it the best show out there. So to take the survey, if you will send an email to survey at IamTurkeyHunting.com, survey at IamTurkeyHunting.com, and you'll get an auto-reply from me with the link to the survey on it. Open up that auto-reply email that comes to you and click on the link to the survey. That link should open up directly into the survey. It's multiple choice. You can click the answer, move on to the next question, click the answer. It should be very quick for you. I designed it that way so it would be easy for you to do and you would not object to taking a minute or two of your time to do that for me. So any help you can give me to improve the show is much appreciated. All right, the second thing that I have to tell you before we get into this part of the episode is Fun with Editing is coming up at the end of the show after the turkey flop. With that said, let's get right into part two of episode 26, Introducing Kids to Turkey Hunting with Southern Boys Outdoors. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side. Well, getting back to the turkey hunting thing, you know, there's basically two styles of turkey hunting. We got the runners and gunners, and we have those that like to sit in a blind and hunt. Which style do you guys think is best to introduce a younger child to? Well, as far as my opinion, if it's a young kid that's still at that squirming age that don't understand a whole lot about discipline and taking instructions, I think it's best for that kid to be in a blind because for the simple reason that although you're kind of limited to what you can do as far as maneuvers, you still have that kid out there. You still have him or her hunting, and they can get away with more moving, squirming, moving, and swatting mosquitoes and all that mm-hmm. for a younger kid. But now I think once that kid gets on up there, where he understands what a slap on back the head means. I, look, my daddy, I'm, I'm, I'll be 50 years old this year, and if I'm around my daddy, we in the woods, and he raises his hand to swat a mosquito, I'll jump because I think I'm going to get hit in back the head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my, daddy, my, daddy, my daddy has put a many a knot on back of my head because of moving around and stuff. But, uh-huh. but once that kid gets old enough to understand that, I think the running and gunning is the most interesting because... It's a constant change. Of course, you've been turkey hunting a long time. You know that you may set up 10 times on one turkey. Oh, yeah. So the running and gunning is more exciting. And I think that would really keep that young hunter interested because you might be sitting here for an hour, sitting in one spot, and that turkey gets tight-lipped on you, and then next thing you know, he gobbles a half a mile in a complete different direction. Well, you got to maneuver and go around, and that's exciting. Kids get to move through the woods and see different things, but I think that would be for the more mature kids, you know? Right. So going along those same lines, though, you think that running and gunning probably is the best strategy for keeping a kid interested in the sport for years to come? I well. mean, like I said, that's my own personal opinion. I think it is because a kid's attention span is not a long deal. Yeah. They'll get bored, sitting in the same spot, nothing happening. They'll get discouraged. But with the running and gunning, you hit those logging roads and you call. And the heck, I even walk and call. And it's always something happening, you know, and that kid's thinking, like, this, this is pretty cool here. It's something I want to do. Right. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think the running gunning would, would keep them more interested just because of the multiple scenarios that you put yourself into while running and gunning. 
yeah. instead of versus just sitting in one spot in a blind waiting on a turkey to come to the decoy. Well, don't get me wrong, that's fine. The bottom line is all that kid wants to do is kill him a turkey. He wants to kill That's him right. a turkey, and he wants to be out there with his uncle or his daddy or his papa or his mama or whatever. He just He wants to enjoy it, but once he gets a little bit older, he wants to advance into that moving around and learning to be a good woodsman. He's learning just sitting stationary in a blind. He's just sitting there, and you call him every 10, 15 minutes or whatever, And but when you're running and gunning, there's always something happening. And I just True. think for that reason, a kid would stay more interested in it. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story real quick. You, you talked about hunting with your dad, and when he raised his hand, you'd duck a little bit because you expected him to slap you upside the head. <laughs> yeah. When I grew up, my dad took me deer hunting all the time. Well, he was in the nursery landscaping business, and so the springtimes, he was always busy with work, and he never turkey hunted, and he's retired now. Uh-huh. So I started turkey hunting when I was in college and learned how to do it just over the years, trial and error and learning it the hard way. And so we're talking one spring and he says, yeah, I'd like to go down to the club with you and go turkey hunting one weekend. I said, well, come on this weekend. Let's go. He said, all right, we get down there, daylight out in the woods and turkeys are gobbling. We don't get on anything and the turkeys fly down and they shut up and so I said, well, let's go sit in this area where the turkeys were, and let's just sit down, and we'll call a little bit sporadically, and the turkeys are just coming through here, so it's a matter of time before they come through, and hopefully we'll be sitting here when they do. He said, all right. So we sit down. I'm on one side of this big oak tree. He's on the, not on one side, but if you cut it into quarters, I'm on one quarter. He's on the other quarter. We're almost shoulder to shoulder, but facing 90 degree opposite directions. And so we're sitting there, and I'm calling every 10, 15 minutes and looking around, just kind of keeping my eyes open. And all of a sudden, something grabs my arm, and I just about came unglued. It scared me to death. It was my dad. He grabbed my arm, and he says, I think I saw a turkey down there about 70 yards in front of us. And I looked at him. I turned around because I jumped when he grabbed me. I turned around and looked at him and I said, you think you saw one? And you just reached around here and you grabbed my arm and scared the crap out of me, made me jump up in the air like I was at a haunted house or something. Yeah. And I said, if there was a turkey down there, he's not there anymore. He's gone. I <laughs> said, you just gone and yeah, you just gone and messed up the hunt. And he started laughing. He looked at me and he said, how many hunts do you think you ever messed me up on when you were young and I took you? <laughs> It's payback time, huh? He said, that's exactly right. He said, I'm just getting even with you. I said, but this is turkey season. It's different. That's right. It's different. These these dudes here are really smart. Yep. So that was funny as I'll get out. I mean, he scared me to death when he reached around there and grabbed my arm. I was not expecting that. Leon, you got to hunt a good bit with your dad, Mr. Linwood, all in filming him this year, deer hunting in Missouri. Did he slap you upside the head in? <laughs> no, but I wanted to slap him upside the head when that 140-inch 11 point was at 60 yards, and he refused to shoot him, said he was too little. <laughs> so I wanted to go back to pay him back and slap him upside the head, but he refused to shoot that buck. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, when you can get him. He still stays on me now. He doesn't got to wear He still goes turkey hunting with me every now and then. But when we in the woods, he's one of them old, old school turkey hunters sit down and cluck and purr and wait 20 minutes and then yep two mm-hmm. or three times. And I can't do that. I remember here probably about 10, 12 years ago, me and him had one of my nephews with us. And 
and that old turkey was just a goblin, son. He was about 200 yards on the roost, and he was, man, this ain't working. And look, I cut out with a real loud fly-down cackle and a, <laughs> some loud cutting, and he turned around there. If looks could have killed, I'd be a dead man right now. <laughs> He said, what are you doing? You've been watching too much TV. <laughs> I was like, Pop, trust me, it works. And we did end up killing the turkey. He'll get that look in his eyes like, boy, I'll just knock you upside the head again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. i tell you what, that's the good thing about turkey hunting is you can get out and you can enjoy it with somebody else a lot more than you can something like deer hunting. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things that I really do enjoy about it a whole lot. But Leon, you mentioned getting the kids involved when they're in the woods and letting them call a little bit, letting them kind of navigate your journey through the woods on a morning hunt or afternoon hunt. But what are some other things that we can do that can keep the younger kids interested in the sport? I think just try to make every hunt a learning experience. Try to find something to keep their interest. Even if it just gets down to be such a slow morning that you end up walking logging roads looking for arrowheads. Just something that, that they can relate. You know, they like, well... That's cool about this turkey hunt. If it gets slow, we can just walk around and look for arrowheads or, or teach them how to identify different trees. Just try to make every hunt a learning experience. And like I said earlier, let them participate in the hunt. Let them do some calling and make decisions on what we should do. And what's real important, when you do let them make the decisions and they do something wrong, don't get mad at them. Just, right. just tell them, hey, man, look, let's do it this way this time, you know. And when they do something good, just praise them. Like I said earlier, they want our approval. Just let them walk around, teach them how to find arrowheads and identify the different acorns on white oak or red oak or pin oak, whatever. Just make some kind of learning experience out of it, and I think that keeps them interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, and also just teaching, them about the, just teaching them about the hunt. It ain't about the kill, teaching them about the, the hunt, and pretty much that what everything Leon was saying covers that is just teaching about the outdoors and teaching them about, hey, it ain't about going out and killing something every time you're going in the woods. It's just the enjoyment that you get from being out there. That's right, yeah. That buddy of mine tells his son that if they can get out in the woods and they hear turkeys gobble, that was a successful hunt. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And I tend to agree with them. We take it for granted a good bit. We want to kill one every time we go out, but that's not what it's all about. No. In my 40 years of turkey hunting, I've gone from from hearing three turkeys gobbling an entire season and being just as happy as I could be to, to nowadays, if you don't hear but five or six gobble, you say, oh, man, it was a bad morning, but that's wrong yeah. to think that way. If you can just hear a turkey gobble one time, that was worth a trip right there. Yeah. Getting a kid out into the woods is a very exciting thing for that kid, but a kid that's not been in the woods a whole lot, there's a lot of things in the woods that they need to be aware of that can hurt them. A lot of dangers out there, not just the danger of having a gun or right. a firearm close by, but, you know, there's those dangers out there with eight legs, six legs, yeah. four, two, and then, Same. of course, we all have the no legs. <laughs> and as turkey hunters, that's something that we will all encounter sooner or later. You're going to encounter spiders. You're going to encounter ticks. You're going to encounter wild hogs, yeah. snakes, and other hunters. And what I do is I'll mention that in just general conversation with a kid just to make them aware of it, but I usually don't take action on it until we were confronted with a particular situation you know because if you've ever turkey hunted you've had ticks on you that's just the way it is and when that does happen you just explain to them that try to give them some tips on uh, i'll tuck my pants inside my socks stuff like that keep ticks and spiders from crawling up in your pants leg you tuck your pants Mm -hmm. inside your socks and then slip your rubber boots on and you're usually good to go and tuck your shirts in 
and stuff like that. And then, like, as far as snakes, not all snakes are bad snakes. Of course, well, I don't like any of them. But uh, I try to teach the ones that's got that diamond-shaped head. That's one we don't want to let go. <laughs> but that's like right. an old king snake or something like that, I try to teach them the difference, the snakes that can be dangerous and the ones that are not dangerous, as, as well as other hunters. Just because they're out there turkey hunting and or deer hunting or whatever, that don't mean they're experienced. Just always be aware of your surroundings. Always look out for the other person that may be out there with you. I think it's important to approach that in the right way so that you don't scare that kid to death. Because, right. yeah, it's dangerous what we do. But, yeah. dang, I can count the number of times when I felt uncomfortable on one hand, and that's out of 35-plus years of being in the woods, deer hunting, right. turkey hunting, and everything right. else. So you don't want them to take it for granted, but you don't want them to get right. out there and just be scared of every single thing either. So I, I exactly. think that's real good advice, just kind of warn them of it. And then when yep. you do have that situation arise, discuss it with them and right. so they'll know what to do next time. I think right. that's real just, smart. Just mention it to them in general discussion. And then, like I said, when you do come up with a particular situation, say, okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier, and we'll do it like this to avoid danger. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the fun stuff. Let's talk about guns and shooting and hopefully knocking a turkey down on the ground. Yeah. But to knock that turkey down, we got to figure out what size gun that kid that we're with needs to be shooting. And I know we don't want to start off a eight-year-old kid with a 12-gauge with three-and-a-half-inch turkey magnum loads in it. So right. what are your thoughts there on what should we start them with and when's a good age to move to that 12-gauge? Or when's a good size may be a better question. You know what I do with a kid? is before I bring a kid hunting, if I'm not familiar with that kid, I get them out here in the yard and let them shoot targets. But mm-hmm. I kind of trick them. I'll get like 20 gauge if it's a small kid, never shot a gun or anything. I'll get a 20 gauge and I'll get some sharp brass 7.5. And I'll load that gun up with sharp brass 7.5. And, and that kid just, man, he'll just shoot that gun all day long because he's not really feeling that. Mm-hmm. And then what I'll do when we go hunting, I'll load the gun with turkey load because when he's shooting the turkey, he's not thinking about the recall. Right. You see what I'm saying? I'll start them out. I love to do their target shooting with a low brass shell, and then I'll put that turkey load in there. And as far as the kid, it really depends on the kid himself. Some nine-year-old kids are big old boys and girls, whereas other nine-year-old kids are small. So it's probably best to start them out with a little 20-gauge because the guns that they make nowadays with all these fence chokes and turkey loads and all that, 40 yards isn't really a challenge anymore for 20 gauges. So I think the one to start them out with would be a 20 gauge. Then as they progress in life and start to mature physically and all, step them on up to that 12 gauge and then move them on up to that big old three and a half inch by the time they're in their mid-teens. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. And I tell you what, for years I've been shooting three and a half inch loads out of my 12 gauge. And, you know, I'm getting older. I'm still physically able, but Part of me on those days when I know I'm going to be going on a 10-mile walk through the woods, Yeah. I want a 20-gauge. Yep, you're exactly right. And yep. I'm going to buy one. Yeah, the 20-gauge the nowadays, like I said, with the chokes and the turkey loads and all that, that is actually really your all-around best turkey gun. Yeah. Because you don't need to be shooting a turkey no more than 35, 40 yards anyhow. Cause right. I like to see their eyes blink before I shoot them myself personally, <laughs> but... A 20-gauge is all the gun that really anybody needs, especially a kid. Yeah. Well, I think you mentioned something that's very important, and that is not getting that kid gun-shy 
at the range before right. you ever take them to the woods. Yeah. Because handing that kid a 12 gauge with a three inch turkey shell in it to shoot on a piece of paper hurts a heck of a lot harder than a 12 gauge three inch shell shooting at a turkey. That's exactly right. And the last thing you want them to do is flinch and pull that shot because you don't want them to miss or you don't want that bird wounded. So I think getting them out there with some dove loads and letting them squeeze the trigger on that a few times is perfectly fine. And you can put a target out there and let them shoot that. And as long as you have shot that gun with that turkey load in it and you know how it patterns, I wouldn't hesitate to let that kid shoot a box of of dove loads at a piece of paper if he wants to. Yep. I can't even tell you how many kids have killed their first deer or turkey with. It's just numerous of them, and a lot of them are grown men with their own kids now. And I know that they're all thinking, oh, that Mr. Lee, he was a trickster, because even deer hunting, I would take a 22 long rifle with a scope and let them shoot the 22 long rifle. And then get in the woods and have a high-power rifle with a scope. Well, they're not thinking that. But when they shoot that deer, boom, they don't feel the recall, so they're not (laughs) gunshot. That's right. It's just some old tricks I picked up along the way. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week when Kenyon and Leon are going to discuss their thoughts on a youth hunter shooting jakes or not shooting jakes. We're going to learn a little bit more about Southern Boys Outdoors, what they're up to, and how we can get in touch with them. So be sure to tune in for that. Also, please, if you get a minute, go on to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Subscribing is free and you'll be sure to get the most current episodes as soon as they're uploaded. And don't forget to email me to take the survey. Survey at IamTurkeyHunting.com Survey at IamTurkeyHunting.com That'll be a huge help to me, guys. I really appreciate that. And in full disclosure, I don't want anyone to think that I'm misleading you or trying to deceive you in any way. When you email me, I'm going to have your email address and you will have the opportunity to reply back to the email with the word remove in the subject line and I will remove you from my email list. Now, you don't have to remove yourself from the email list. I will not spam you. I promise. I have gotten on a spammer's spam list before and I'm still on it. I get two to three hundred spam emails a day. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So if you want to remove yourself from the email list after you complete the survey, you certainly can do that. Click reply, type remove in the subject line, send it back to me. I'll take you off the list. Otherwise, stay on the list. I'll send you a newsletter, I'll stay in touch with you via email every so often, and I promise to send you nothing but quality content that you'll be glad to get. And if you're not glad to get it, you can always remove yourself from the list later. So I just want to let you guys know all of that. But I do thank you very much for completing the survey. Okay, Fun With Editing is coming right up after the turkey flop. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I look forward to seeing you again next week. I know you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. 
and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week. Hey, and welcome back to Fun With Editing. This is a new segment that I'm doing at the end of each show where I take certain parts of the interview and have a little bit of fun with the audio editing software that I use. It's a short clip that I'm doing at the end of the show each week. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do putting it together. And now since you've listened to the show in its entirety, you already know that no animals were harmed in the recording of this part of the show and that the thoughts and opinions expressed in Fun With Editing are not necessarily the thoughts and opinions of the Turkey Hunter podcast, its affiliates, or its guests. All clips played in this part of the show are fake. You never heard this here. Enjoy. Well, I think you mentioned something that's very important, and that is... When you do let them make the decisions, and they do something wrong, don't get mad at them. Just slap them upside the head. Let's talk about guns and shooting and runners and gunners. I turned around and looked at him, and I said... What are your thoughts there on... What a slap on back the head means? Something grabs my arm, and I... Jump, because I think I'm going to get hit in back the head. (laughs) How many hunts do you think you ever messed me up on when you were young and I took you probably... Three and a half. Eight, six, two, four. Seven and a half. Ten times. And he turned around there. He said, boy, I'll just knock you upside the head again. You know what I do with a kid? Yeah. Slap him upside the head. Just some old tricks I picked up along the way. (laughs) Yeah. Squeeze the trigger on that a few times. Boom, 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 boom.